I'm in the big leagues, told them don't miss me. Ballin' like Houston, ayy, feelin' like Whitney. I need a bag, bruh, send it through quickly. I'm making his dog, like I'm in the big leagues. Told him that I gotta go, dog. I'm riding the road, y'all. I think that I'm back in my bag now. So I need that go, y'all. Got hits when he throwin' the fastball. Just too quick for it, peeling off like the whip orange. Seen the effort, this piss poor. I got too much, I gotta tend to. Car payments and the rent due. Told y'all that I'm six foot, but with the money. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Another Turnover, the basketball podcast where a basketball fan with zero basketball credibility gives his opinions on what's going on in the NBA. Opinions that nobody asked for. As always, I'm your host, Mr. Chris Aaron Murphy, aka. A.A. Ron, and ladies and gentlemen, let's just jump right into it. Y'all, this is the last show before the play-in slash playoffs get started. What a season it has been. All the twists and turns and the uncertainty with, you know, you know COVID mandates and all that stuff and the injuries. It's It's been a wild season, but it's gone by really fast. Like, I feel like it was just a couple weeks ago that I had just started season two. So it's crazy. This is the 28th episode of the season. So time is flying by. Time is flying by. But let's get into it. Um, like I said, the play-in slash playoffs starts next week. Play-in, I believe, starts on the 12th. Um, and then you have the actual playoffs, I believe, starts on Saturday the 16th, if I'm not mistaken, if I have my days correct. Um, so before we get into the playoffs specifically, or the play-in for that matter, I have to talk about, I mean, y'all knew it was coming. Lakers fans, you might you might want to turn this off, but we have to talk about the Lakers. So the Lakers, the official headline, the big headline of the week with the Los Angeles Lakers is that they will be missing not just the playoffs, but the play-in tournament. They are currently the 11th seed in the Western Conference, and with three games left, they are three games back from the, none other than the San Antonio Spurs. They are three games back from the San Antonio Spurs with, they they do not own the tiebreaker against the Spurs, so that means even if they have the same record, they are on the outside looking in. So like I said, Los Angeles Lakers will be missing the playoffs and the play-in entirely, yep. I mean, who could have predicted that? Like, I don't know. I don't think I predicted that per se, but I did predict them struggling. But they are 17 games below 500 right now as of the time of recording, 31 and 48. They've only had a 4 and 17 record since the All-Star break. So they, they've been bad. They are 2 and 8 in their last 10 games as well. Now, like I just alluded to, I definitely called the Lakers struggling this season. I definitely thought it was going to be a significant adjustment period for them for quite some time, say the first 20, 30 games or so. But I definitely did not see them being this bad for this long. I did not see their situation extending throughout the entire season. So, I mean, sucks for them. I'm cool with it. I mean, Spurs in the plan. That's all I wanted for our season. But like I said, I always thought the fit of Russell Westbrook and Anthony Davis and LeBron James together wasn't going to be the best fit because we know where does LeBron thrive. LeBron has always thrived with solid perimeter shooting, and that wasn't Westbrook like at all, not even a little bit. Um, like I mean, they won the chip a couple of years ago, right? I mean, it was just two years ago. It was 2020, so late 2020, so it wasn't even that long ago because of you know the bubble playoffs. They won the championship two years ago, but that was a different team. I mean, that team you had in the bubble, a healthy LeBron James, 
a healthy Anthony Davis, younger guys surrounding them, Kyle Kuzma, Alex Caruso, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, a.k.a. KCP, and then you had some solid, solid veteran talent who knew their roles. Dwight Howard, who was coming in, you know, perimeter def- or excuse me, um, you know, defense uh, shot blocking. Um, you had his rebounding prowess and his athleticism. And then you had Rajon Rondo, you know, the on-court coach, basically. Um, you had those guys, and they all meshed very well together. So, but... That's, that's not this 2022 Lakers team. Like It is completely different. That team in 2020 had an identity. They knew who they were. Everybody knew their roles. This team, not so much. I, I have no idea what their identity has been all season. I mean, it. there's been so much turmoil for them. Now, there have been a lot of injuries, like with you know, a lot of lineup changes. So like that, obviously... Injuries aren't necessarily anyone's fault, which I'll, I'll get into that just a little bit further. Injuries aren't necessarily anyone's fault, but there's been a lot of change with the Los Angeles Lakers this year. Um, so like I said, no no identity. They have not. They were unable to find an identity for this iteration of the Lakers squad. So what I basically want to talk about, the question I have that I want to put out there, who is at most to blame for this season like who there's plenty of blame to go around don't get me wrong but who is that who's at fault here like who who do we pin this on and I kind of took a look and I I struggled to to put this on one person per se so I took a slightly different approach so I'm going to give three different people that I think deserve from the least amount of blame to the most amount of blame and the first one who I think deserves the least amount of blame is Anthony Davis. Now, don't get me wrong, like all these people that I'm going to name are, are getting blamed, are getting blamed for something. Anthony Davis, I mean, uh, this is no surprise, he just can't stay healthy. Like Anthony Davis cannot stay healthy at all. Like I don't remember the last time he was healthy in a season. Like he has a long documented injury history. And like I said, injuries are most mostly not anybody's fault. Did they happen? I mean, they happen in any sport. Um, it, it comes with the territory when you are a high-impact player in a high-impact sport. But there are some things that you have to kind of question with Anthony Davis. I mean, for him to be have such a long injury history at the age he is, what is he, 27, 28? It, it, it kind of it, it speaks to, okay, what kind of conditioning or what is his diet like? What is he doing in the offseason or during the season to keep his uh, keep his body in optimal shape now obviously do i know that no i don't i have no idea what his workout regimens or anything or his diet or nutrition is like but it, it makes you wonder like you know everybody obviously his body type is different but like his teammate lebron james like i mean he, he started having you know some nagging injuries over the past couple of years obviously that goes with the territories what 37 now but for andy davis to be so young he has had a tremendous amount of injuries so I mean, I'm sure he's doing all he can to remain healthy, but it, it just sucks because he hasn't been able to stay in the lineup. And then not just this season, but, but previous season before, like I said, I was going through the amount of games that Anthony Davis has played. He has never played a full 82-game season or 80, 81 games, 82 games. So he's never played a full season. He's missed over 40 games this year. He missed 45 games last year. Most games he has ever played, he played 75 games twice. The last time he did it was in 2018. But like I said, 
for such a young guy, he really shouldn't be missing this amount of games. So Anthony Davis deserves some blame, mostly because of his injuries and him not being able to be on the court consistently for the Lakers this season. But who else deserves some blame? Um, this is obvious. This is an obvious one. Uh, obviously, LeBron James has got to get some blame for this season as well. Now, disclaimer, before I get into why he deserves blame, in, in terms of LeBron on the court, LeBron has balled this season. He has balled out. He has had MVP caliber moments and MVP caliber play pretty consistently throughout the entire season. I mean, he's doing his thing. Like, you cannot say that LeBron James has not played well to get them at a good spot this year. But obviously, he's 37. He's 37. He's he, I mean, in my opinion, he should not be expected to carry a team. No 37-year-old in the NBA should be expected to carry a team and do all the offensive and defensive load for that matter. Um, so he's balled out. I want to put that disclaimer out there. LeBron James has played well this season. But he does deserve some blame because of his input on roster personnel. So, you know, obviously the story, you know, came out earlier, you know, in the offseason when Russell Westbrook came to the Los Angeles Lakers, story came out that, you know, LeBron, and somewhat AD, but mostly LeBron, was the, you know, puppeteer behind that, or was the one that kind of co-signed on trading for Russell Westbrook. And because of that, they got what they got. So part of this mess is on LeBron James that they are in. I mean, it's the world's worst kept secret. Like, there are nicknames for LeBron, like LeGM and LeCoach, for a reason, like obviously LeBron James, and rightfully so, he should have input on roster personnel. But I mean, this one, this one wasn't a good one. This one definitely is not a good look for LeBron. Um, I mean, like I said, LeBron James and Anthony da- or wanted Anthony Davis in, you know, in LA for the Los Angeles Lakers a couple years ago. They got him. They brought him. They traded the farm for him. Traded the house, all that stuff, and they got Anthony Davis. Wanted Russell Westbrook, you know, at the beginning or going into this season. Lakers did all they could, traded for him, and they got him. Now, basically, any request that LeBron James wants, for the most part, most teams, I mean, teams in the past, as well as the Lakers, pretty much do it. They pretty much kind of do whatever it is that LeBron James says that he wants on the court. Um, but this is kind of the mess that he made. This is kind of his, you know, his bed and. Now he kind of has to lie in it. Um, I mean, and he's got to deal with the the consequences, and at least in my opinion. So LeBron James deserves, I would say, some pretty significant blame for the roster personnel that the Lakers have had and why they have been so bad. But the last person or persons, I would say, this one's a two-parter, that deserves, I, I would say this person deserves the most blame out of everybody. But it's Jeannie Buss the owner for the Los Angeles Lakers. And in part, Rob Palinka and other front office personnel deserve some blame as well. They deserve the most blame. Like, when I was going through the research and putting the show together, I was like, you know what? Like, who who's in charge for the Los Angeles Lakers? Is it Jeannie Buss? Is it Rob Palinka? I mean, is it is it Kurt and Linda Rambis? Their names get thrown around as, I don't know, advisors. I don't even know if they have actual positions in the front office, but... They like it, it, it just doesn't seem as if there is that kind of one uniform voice that's like, hey, this is what we're going to go with, this is what we're going to do. Like, as a San Antonio Spurs fan, 
everything runs through Coach Popovich. You know, R.C. Buford and whatnot, you know, he has a say in, you know, things as well. But, like, when it comes to basketball-related decisions, if Pop doesn't sign off on it, it's not going to happen. Like, the buck stops with him. That's the way it works in San Antonio. I don't know the way it works in Los Angeles. Like, it, I mean, are the players involved? Like, is LeBron James making the decision? Like I said, is he the, is he the the GM? Is he the little coach? Like, I know it's not Frank Vogel. I feel bad for Frank Vogel. He, he definitely, he getting fired. I'm sorry, Frank. You're probably getting fired. You won't get paid though. But I mean, he's going to be the scapegoat and probably end up getting fired as soon as they play their last game. But in my opinion, I feel like Genie Bus has kind of given a bit too much autonomy to the wrong people. At least that's what it seems like on the outside looking in. Like, I don't want Rob Palinka making basketball decisions. I know he was coach for the late great Kobe Bryant, or coach. He was the agent for the late great Kobe Bryant, but like. I don't want him making on-the-court basketball decisions, personally. Um, LeBron James is an all-time great, um, top five all-time, in my personal top three all-time, but I don't know if I necessarily want him making all the on-court decisions. I want LeBron James's input in roster personnel, but I don't know if I want him making all the decisions at the end of the day. Um, but this this just wasn't a great this wasn't a great move for their roster and their personnel. In 2010, it would have been pretty nice, but... I mean, with, you know, Carmelo Anthony and uh, who else they got that's relatively old? Avery Bradley is older now. Like, this would have been a great team seven, eight years ago, but not anymore, unfortunately. Um, but uh, now, according to according to Magic Johnson, and I per- personally took this with a grain of salt, but I did just kind of want to reiterate it for the show. According to Magic Johnson, there was a deal that the Lakers had in place for Buddy Heald, and they also had a deal to get DeMar DeRozan. They could have also, according to Magic, kept Caruso on the roster. Now, in terms of fit, I think that would have been a much better fit with LeBron and Anthony Davis in terms of basketball-wise. You had DeMar DeRozan that could do a significant amount of the scoring. It was also an underrated playmaker. A lot of people didn't talk about his playmaking ability in San Antonio, but he put up some pretty good numbers in the assist department, and Greg Popovich was pretty impressed with that too. He could have done some of the playmaking as well. You had Buddy Heald, obviously, who was a knockdown three-point shooter. Caruso, really great role player, plays hard every single game. You could have kept him as well, but you decided to go with Russell Westbrook. So, like I said, I think Genie Bust and the front office deserve the most blame for the Los Angeles Lakers struggle. But, hey, it is what it is. They're not making the playoffs. So, I'm cool with that as a Spurs fan. All I wanted was a play-in. We don't even have to win in the play-in. I just want us to be there. I'm happy with that. But let's transition. Let's transition from the Lakers. And let's talk about, I want to, I, with the playoffs coming up here in about a week, I want to basically highlight who I believe are contenders and who I believe are pretenders going into the playoffs. So I'm going to give you three contenders and I'm going to give you three pretenders. So let's start. The first contender is pretty obvious one. Phoenix Suns, I mean, with a record of 63-17, and 17, they are obviously the heavy favorite as of right now to win the championship. And they've got a really, really good shot. I mean, they brought everyone back from last year for the most part. Um, I think they're starting five. They brought back, you know, DeAndre Ayton, uh, Jay Crowder, Chris Paul, Devin Booker. Who am I missing? Mikael Bridges. Um, they brought everybody back, um, and they are all balling out. Mikael Bridges is um, in the conversation, I would say, for most improved player of the year. Devin Booker is having an MVP caliber year. CP3 was an all-star this year and putting up all-star numbers. So they've got a legitimate shot. Um, They are battle-tested now. They know what it takes to get back to the finals. 
and I would not be surprised. They were my way too early season prediction to make it back to the finals, and I would not be surprised if they make it back. But another contender that I would say this was when it comes from the Eastern Conference. Um, it's the defending champion, the Milwaukee Bucks. 49-30 and 30 record. They are the third seed currently in the Eastern Conference. They are playing the Boston Celtics right now. Three-point game, about six minutes left in the third quarter. So we'll see if they either go to 50-30 and 30 or 49-31. and 31. We'll see. Um, but they're, like I said, they're defending champs. And, I, I mean, you can't count out the defending champions. I, I would say, I mean, this iteration of the defending champions, like they are right in there. They have a legitimate shot of coming out of the Eastern Conference. Giannis is in the conversation again for MVP, putting up crazy numbers, putting up like like 30, I think 11, 12 rebounds and like six assists or something like that. It's putting up big numbers. Their big three, speaking of big, their big three is incredibly formidable. When Giannis, Holiday, and Middleton all play, they can beat anybody. I can't exactly remember what their record is this season when all three of them play, but they are definitely a big three to be feared. You know, they say fear the deer for a reason, right? Um, so they are definitely a contender in my book. They can beat anyone in the East and have a legitimate chance of beating anyone in the West. I would, I would love to see a rematch between Phoenix and Milwaukee. I think that would be really, really good. I think that would probably end up going seven. And I don't know. I don't know who would win that. But I would love to see it. Um, but the last contender that I want to give out um, is going back to the Western Conference. It's the second seed in the Western Conference. Obviously, the Memphis Grizzlies with a 55-24 and 24 record. I mean, this is an incredibly well-rounded team. They are 20-2, and two, I believe, without John Morant, which is insane. Um, I mean, you have Jaron Jackson Jr., Desmond Bain. Um, who's there? Dylan Brooks, their uh, smaller guard. Uh, they have another... Another guard is pretty good. I'm blanking on his name. But defensively, they are great. They play really, really solid team basketball. And they have an attitude of they are young, but they have incredible attitude. And they are not afraid of anyone. So I am pumped to see what this team does in the playoffs. Definitely exceeded all of my expectations. I would not be surprised one bit if they made it to the conference finals in the West. Um, sure, John Moran will be healthy by come playoff time. I have not heard of when he's supposed to come back, um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. But those are my three legitimate and true contenders, I would say. Phoenix, Milwaukee, and Memphis. But let's talk about the pretenders, the teams that I just personally don't see them winning the championship this year. And hey, maybe this will age poorly, but we'll see. But the first pretender I have is the fourth seed, current fourth seed in the Eastern Conference, the Philadelphia 76ers. So they are 49 and 30 as of right now. Same record as the Milwaukee Bucks, but there's just so many variables with this team. I mean, what are we going to get from, you know, Tobias Harris? James Harden, you know, is he healthy? He hasn't been playing all that well um, over the past couple weeks. Their depth is questionable. Um, I, they go shorter lineups in the playoffs anyway, but their depth is somewhat questionable and I just think like when this team hits adversity Joel Embiid and James Harden how are they going to respond well we've kind of seen how they've responded in the past and it always hasn't been great so I'm not sold on this Philadelphia 76ers team they are definitely I mean I wouldn't be surprised depending on their matchup if they got bounced in the first round but it wouldn't shock me that's all I'm saying I'm not saying that's going to happen but it wouldn't shock me but this next team Really kind of hurts me to say that they are a pretender, and pretender is a little harsh for them, but I did put them in the list. It's the Boston Celtics, uh, 50-30. and 30. Now, Boston is 
one of the hottest teams in the NBA right now, if not the hottest team. They've been running through everyone. But Robert Williams is hurt. Um, He went down with a torn meniscus. Now, I just heard word on TV today that there is a chance that he could be back by the last week of April, which would put them towards the tail end of the first round. So if they were able to survive a first-round matchup without him and then bring him back for the second round, okay, I would take them away from pretender status. But, like, he does a lot for their team, especially on the pick-and-roll with lobs and whatnot, rebounding, shot-blocking. He does a lot for this Boston Celtics team. That's a huge blow um, for their championship aspiration. So, I, I, like, I put him in the pretender category mostly because of the Robert Williams injury. But if he's able to come back and come back, say, 80% or more, I take them off that list. Um, but last team that I would say is a pretender is the Brooklyn Nets with a 42-38 and 38 record. They're currently the eighth seed um, going to play, I believe, the Cav- Cleveland Cavaliers uh, tomorrow night, which I'll talk about a little bit later. But offensively, obviously, this team is great. When you have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, I mean, no one should be able to keep up with you in scoring. But defensively, this team is really, really bad. They have a hard time especially perimeter defense they have a hard time staying in front of anybody very similar to what the lakers were experiencing um and no ben simmons is really going to hurt i think that if he was going to play which i think they have announced he is out for the season if he would have played i would say them making a deep playoff run from the eighth seed wouldn't be out of scope but who knows if they play Miami in the first round, I mean, I could see them upsetting Miami, but Miami is tough. Miami is going to be a tough out. I mean, they're the number one seed for a reason. I mean, they are really, really good. Um, I just don't see this Brooklyn Nets team with KD and Kyrie with their lack of defense. What they lack in defense, I don't think they can make up for offensively, in my opinion. But we'll see. Like I said, these could age poorly, but we shall see what happens. But let's transition again. Let's transition into something I saw on the Associated Press. So the Associated Press put together an all-NBA or all-decade team for the 2010s. So they put together an all-decade team of the best five players from that era. And I thought it was pretty interesting, so I kind of wanted to highlight it on the show. Um, I mostly agreed with their entire list. Uh, There was one name, though, that I felt should have been taken off. But let's get into that. So... Five players. First player they listed, easy one, Steph Curry. I mean, six-time All-Star during this decade. And the stats and the accolades I'm giving are specifically in the 2010 decade, um, just to put that disclaimer out there. But six-time All-Star during this dec- during the uh, 2010s. Six-time All-NBA, scoring champion during that time, back-to-back MVP, three-time champion. I mean, Steph Curry, like, it's a Hall of Fame resume right there just in the 2010 decades. Like, he... I mean, revolutionized, it's, it's, it's said all the time, revolutionized the way the game is played currently. Some would say for better or worse, but revolutionized the game nonetheless with his shooting prowess. So, so I agree with that one. Steph Curry, all-decade team, of course. Um, this one, pretty obvious too. Kevin Durant, um, 10-time All-Star, 9-time All-NBA, 4-time scoring champion, MVP during this era, 2-time champ, and 2-time finals MVP. Um, if you don't have Kevin Durant on the 2010s decade list like you're you're doing it wrong like he was obviously going to be on the list as well um, one of the greatest scorers if not arguably the greatest scorer that we have ever seen the greatest threat we have ever seen to score the basketball but this one uh, I, 
I could have done without. I could have done without the. They put James Harden on the list. I could have done without James Harden personally. I don't know who I'd replace him with, but nonetheless, he did have an incredible twenty. I mean, 2010s decade. Seven-time All Star, five-time All NBA, six Man of the Year during that time, two-time scoring champion. He was the assist leader, I believe, in 2017, and won MVP. Um, and I did he average a triple double one year? Almost averaged a triple double one year, if I'm not mistaken, during that decade. So. Uh, my only gripe with James Harden being on the list is like he hasn't won anything. He hasn't really had any playoff success. Sure, he's been to the conference final with Houston, but he's he's folded in big moments too many times for me. So, like I said, I don't know who I would replace him with, but I don't know. I could have done without James Harden being on the list. But next name they had on there, another easy one. LeBron James, uh, all-star every year during that decade, 11-time All-NBA Three MVPs, three championships, three finals MVPs, all defensive team five times. Like, what more can you say from one of the GOATs? Um, I mean, I don't know. Uh, Mount Rush. I would say Mount Rushmore. LeBron James is Mount Rushmore. But um, he had to be on the list, obviously. And the last name that I'm going to give, this was the one that I was kind of like, uh, are you sure about that? You know, I, I they put Dirk Nowitzki on the list. Now, Dirk Nowitzki won a championship in 2011, finals MVP, six-time All-Star during that decade, one was an honorary when he was about to t- retire, and three-time All-NBA. Pretty good resume for the 2010s decade, but I would have put Kawhi Leonard there. Kawhi Leonard's resume in the 2010 era, look at this, like two-time champion with two different teams, two finals MVPs, three-time All-Star selection, three-time All-NBA, Back-to-back Defensive Player of the Year, five-time All-Defense, and was the Steals leader. Now, I would say that that's a better resume in that decade than Dirk Nowitzki. I mean, towards the tail end of Dirk Nowitzki's career, like, he wasn't doing a whole lot. I mean, I, I I would just definitely give that edge to Kawhi Leonard. In terms of productivity, I would say Kawhi was more productive for longer in that era, then Dirk Nowitzki. Dirk Nowitzki was definitely more of a 2000s player. If this was a 2000s list, eh, I could see more of that, like putting Dirk Nowitzki on the list. But this is 2010s, so I would have put Kawhi there instead of Dirk Nowitzki. But it is what it is. So that was the Associated Press list. But um, before we wrap up, got to talk about the marquee matchups for the weekend. Y'all, last weekend was terrible. Like, I had the Suns Grizzlies, Nets Hawks, Bucks Mavericks. I got every single game wrong. Unfortunately, I picked the Suns to beat the Grizzlies. I picked the Nets to beat the Hawks and the Bucks to beat the Mavericks. All wrong. Trash. Like, so brought my season record down to 32 and 20 out of 52 games. I mean, eh, it's not terrible. It's not terrible, but I mean, could be better. I can be a bit of a perfectionist, but three games that I got coming up this weekend with the last weekend before the uh, playoffs. I have the Nets and the Cavaliers. That one has big playoff implications. That's the seventh and the eighth matchup. As of today, as of right now, so if the Nets win that, they will go into the seventh spot against the Cavaliers, if I'm not mistaken. I gotta check who owns the tiebreaker between them because they'll have the same record. But uh, Warriors and Spurs, I wanna pick the Spurs. I'm gonna pick the Warriors in this one, uh, but I hope the Spurs win. But I am gonna pick the Warriors, so I know, can't have it both ways, but it is what it is. Um, and then the Celtics Grizzlies should be a pretty good game. I'm gonna take the Celtics winning that, I believe. That's a road game for them. Yep, the, that game is in Memphis. I'm going to pick the Celtics to beat the Grizzlies on the road. So we'll see what happen, 
we'll see what happens there. Last weekend of marquee matchups. So we got a long sheet that I plan on posting so you can see my predictions and uh, and critique me, roast me, whatever it is that you want to do. But ladies and gentlemen, that's all the show I have for you folks today. As I always say every week, if you're watching on YouTube, please do me a favor, like, share, subscribe, leave comments, all that good stuff. If you are listening, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your podcast platform is that I'm on, um, like, share, subscribe, comment, rate, all do all that good stuff. Should be an exciting weekend of NBA Hoops action. I am very much looking forward to the play The play-in play in is uh, just a few days away. Um, when you're listening to this, shoot, it might have already happened. But um, I hope you have a great weekend. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. I love you, and I will see you next week.